Hello, everybody, for the first time ever. ever. Literally never before have we come live, so fantastic first impression as always, Steve. Thank you very much. Welcome to Best of Five, your weekly FGC talk show. Um, as you can tell, I am not your regular host, Elon. Uh, he has just moved. Uh, he's still getting settled in and unpacked, so we wish him the best. Uh, hopefully, at you had a wonderful 4th of July. How was your 4th of July, Sharpie? Oh, you know, it was actually very eventful. Uh, I happened to, unfortunately, run into issues playing its chip online, so I got blown up like a bunch of fireworks. But other than that, it was uneventful. That, you know, that happens. You know, it's dangerous to mess with explosive characters on the 4th of July, or any day, without proper precautions. Uh... But I am Steve Jurek, a.k.a. Ace King Offsuit, a.k.a. for some reason the main squeeze. And over to this side, because my uh, video is mirrored, is the lovely, the talented, the queen of playing Skullgirls, Miss Purple Sharpie. Fake it till you break it, and by break it, I mean the wall in Guilty Gear, because who knows how that thing works, am I right? You, you just... You, you get him against the wall, and then you keep going until until magic happens. You just press buttons. You just press buttons for an indefinite amount of time, and then something happens, and you're good. Well, and sometimes, if you happen to pray to Arxis before you press buttons, it works out better in your favor, I find. Well, I mean, there is a little bit of delay between when you press those buttons and when the magic happens. But we'll get into that later. Uh, tonight, we are talking... Uh, let me get back focused, okay? Let uh, Tonight we're talking about uh, the results of some lag tests for Guilty Gear that have been making the rounds on social media. We'll be discussing the official end of Mortal Kombat, and we will also be talking about uh, some players doing well in tournaments that you wouldn't expect to do well, uh, mostly because they're not actual players. Yeah, some wild wild things are happening in the world of Smash. It, it's a dangerous world out there. You know, Steve, when we have news-packed weeks like this, I can't help but to ask myself, can we get a recap? Uh, we, we can do a little modified recap because the big event uh, from this past week, uh, if you've been watching, are the closed qualifiers from the... Uh, Intel World Open. So, obviously, this started last month with the Open qualifiers. Anyone could get in. Anyone could qualify. Uh, top two from each competition made it to these closed qualifiers, which were separated by region. And the top finishers from each of those regions made it into the regional finals, which is uh, a top eight for... Uh, the big money. So so uh, we have the schedule for those regional finals, and we actually have the player lineups uh, for each of those regional finals. So let's take a look at that. Uh, let's start. Uh, we're going in the order that these are taking place. So uh, these events kick off Friday and Saturday. Uh, first half of each of these brackets will be on day one, 
getting from top eight to top six. Second half will be on top two, uh, on day two. So these kick off next Friday and Saturday, starting with South America. Uh, you have uh, Ronaldinho, who's been on a roll, got second place in the Brazil regional final. Uh, Paulo Webb doing well. Didi Mokoff, probably the guy to watch. He won the Brazilian uh, uh, close qualifier and frozen as well, the, the winner of the South American uh, close qualifier representing Argentina. So those will be your first players into the regional finals. We follow that up later that day with North America East. Uh, and this was the one where we ended, we, we had a little pizza going on this. We had a little pizza going on this. You remember this? I, I don't remember it, but I'm excited for the pizza that I know I won. So I definitely must have won some pizza, am I right? Like, I won pizza. Hold on. Hold on. Um, actually, neither of us won. What? Because six players made it out of that East qualifier for, for oh. the U.S. Out of the eight. Um, the homie that you were rolling with, Lud, yeah. he mm-hmm. went 0-2. Lud. The homie that like I was this? rolling with. Like that. But it's okay because the homie I was rolling with, Joey, he went 0-2. So what no pe- no pizza there. We're just going to have to pizza ourselves. Oh, what a week. What a week. <laughs> it's really unfortunate, too, because Lud, I literally saw him last Thursday. And I just, uh, you know, I was so excited for my pizza. The, the, you, it was that extra pressure. That's yeah. what did it. Yeah, you're uh, right. <laughs> uh, but you have uh, Safe, the Canadian winner, in there, as well as Flex Wave. Uh, but the rest of the field is North American, including Brian F., including uh, Arturo, Young Art back in the building. And the two grand finalists from the U.S. East quo- uh, Close Qualifier, runner-up Punk and winner IDOM. Obviously, IDOM has been on an incredible roll. Uh, taking a look at uh, the Mexico and Central America region. This is uh, half Mexico. You've got Dominican Republic led by MenaRD. They're represented as well. And Mono representing Puerto Rico. Uh, he is the winner of that uh, Central America region. Kusanagi, the winner of Mexico. He leads a squad of four Mexican players into that regional final. And then the other U.S. slash North America event, uh, North America West, Samurai, the veteran of the Street Fighter League, he is the man who won the U.S. West qualifier. Uh, He's joined by players like Nephew, Jonah B., Chris CCH, uh, as well as Canadian players Mortsy and Blast, who won the Canada West region. So that's what's going down uh, next Friday and Saturday. Sunday, Monday is all about uh, Europe and Africa and East or West Asia. Excuse me. It kicks off in uh, the Middle East slash Africa slash West Asia region. 
Uh, Big Bird and Angry Bird, probably the two most known, well-known players there. Big Bird got the win in the UAE qualifier. Uh, but Morocco's Climax is a player to watch. He won uh, the African West Asia qualifier. Uh, and he, as well as Dark Sword uh, from Morocco, Algeria re well represented as well with three players there. So they could do some damage. Uh, it's not necessarily going to be a cakewalk for, for the birds. Then we kick it over to Europe East. Uh, Lithuania's Mau Maus won the, uh, won the Europe East qualifier. He joins Jamie TTM, the Russia close qualifier winner, and they lead, uh, uh, he leads a squad of three Russians, including Papoy and Zenom. Poland well represented, uh, with three players. Arrow Crater, who won the tie break. Uh, if you'll remember, we weren't sure how that, uh, how that fifth place tiebreaker was going to be handled. It was an off, uh, an off stream tiebreak set and arrow crater won that. So he is going to, uh, make it to the last eight. And then you've got your Europe West. There are some heavy hitters here, including Phenom who won, uh, one of the close qualifiers for, uh, Europe West general, uh, joined by Infectious.jpg, uh, Hurricane, the French re uh, close qualifier winner, Mr. Crimson, Takamura, Vegapatch. If you follow the European scene, you you know you got to watch this one because there are going to be some heavy, heavy hitters going here. And then we kick it over to the last group, the Pacific region of the world. Oceana uh, kicks off with Travis Styles and leading the Australia region. Uh, he is joined by Somniac, who won one of those qualifiers. Ghost Chips, one of the most regular performers in New Zealand. And uh, Vigo Legas from French Polynesia. He won the Oceana Close Qualifier. He is going to be uh, not a lot of players are looking forward to facing him uh, for, for various reasons. Uh, but after that, you've got the one that a lot of people have there have circled on the calendar, Japan and South Korea. Yep. Here we go. Bonchan, Fudo, Gachikun, Madhawk, NL, Pugera, Sako, Tokido. Do we dare? Try to predict who comes out of there. I'm not losing another pizza here, Steve. This, this I'm going to be honest with you. This doesn't have to be for pizza. This, okay. this is just for pride. Okay. For pride? For pride. I will give you... Ugh. I'll give you first pick. I was first pick last time. Yeah, but I've got the list in front of me, so... Oh, okay, 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 okay. Well, it doesn't matter because I'm going with Tokido. That's not a bad choice. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go a little left field. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go NL. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I, I, you know, I, I, this will probably come back to haunt me. Uh, but, you know, I NL. Would've, I would have guesstimated Bonchan with you, actually. 
you know, that's that's there are no bad guesses here. There are no bad guesses here. Uh, Especially but, when we're not betting pizza. Yeah. But NL is a player I feel gets overlooked, especially when you talk when he gets thrown in the conversation with Japanese players. NL is very, very good. He won that Korean qualifier. Um, it, it, it would not shock. I, I think he's a bit of an underdog, but him winning would not shock. Okay. okay. And, rem- and remember, this is the one that gets a little extra money. Uh, so $250,000 uh, across all of these qualifiers. Uh, but J- everyone else, uh, uh, Japan gets... Uh, a little bit more, the Japan and Korea qualifier, because they are the host nation. Uh, and then we round it out with a couple more, including the Southeast Asia region. Uh, so this includes Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, Indonesia. Uh, uh, Chuan is a player who gets, who is really, really good, probably doesn't get the, the shine he deserves. Uh, holding it down for Malaysia. Uh, Xian, obviously, is going to be the biggest name here. Probably the favorite in most people's eyes, but Brandon is very strong. Uh, the Macau player, whose name... And I'm going to have to beat the, beep this. His name is Massage. Okay. Okay, can we just, can I have a second here, Steve? Just one second. Because I've been very polite all of these recaps, I feel, and I've allowed you to go through without any obstruction whatsoever, if you would here. But can I just say, some of these names are getting completely and totally out of pocket. I I, I would agree with you. I would agree with you. I, I The thing is, I am the reporter. I do not create these names. I do not edit these names i just that's what they entered that is we what... are required to state that that is how that person would like to be addressed when discussing their gameplay and it just feels to me like not everyone should have the privilege of choosing their username you know like okay remember when we were streaming not like us personally streaming but the community was streaming evo and there were certain Chun-Li costumes we couldn't have on stream. This is very reminiscent of, do we really have to go back to that because people are going to make ridiculous names if we get huge sponsors? Are we really going to have to deal with this? It's a, it's a, it's a how serious do we want to be taken moment for me, you know? I, 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 I am with you on that. Um, I think that name in particular, I'm, I'm a little surprised it hasn't been caught yet. Um, right? Because this is, you know, this falls under not under only ESL's umbrella, uh, but the IOC is sort yeah. of related to this. This is still tied to the Olympic Games. Uh, maybe not directly as directly as some other things, but it is there. Um, and they do specifically have a rule where the names have to, you know, they can include sponsor names and they have to be appropriate. It just feels to me like not to, not to, uh, I, I know people in chat are like, it's trolling. He's just joking. It's so funny. Ha ha ha. But the reality is 
one incident like that can literally ruin it for everybody so that they never run an event like that. It literally just takes one sponsor seeing, oh, who won here? That name comes up and then it's it's suddenly, well, maybe we stick we don't sponsor Street Fighter anymore. Like that's how those conversations go. It literally makes it like that. That's something I would kind of expect. And I would even say like a Super Smash tournament. Honestly, I don't know if I would necessarily expect that here, especially on this field. Like this is this is a really big prestigious event. You know? I, I think you might be giving us a little too much credit. Okay, 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 okay. What I'm trying what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say here is people can't be confused as to why there aren't certain sponsor opportunities for players after they run an event like this that has been sponsored by Intel or Red Bull or Monster Energy or something like that and then see the names of the people that enter and be like, "Well, we we deserve respect," you know? See, uh, the the thing is that you know, you've You've been a T.O. You've run brackets. I am a T.O. You are right, a T.O. You see these bags under these uh, my eyes? It's because I've been over here planning events for the last week and one month straight without sleeping. That's what these bags are from. So, yes, I am a T.O. Uh-huh. I, 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 just out of respect, I did not go solo on you for that, to, to point out the bags under your eyes. Okay. I, I've got bags, too, but that's because I sleep like crap. But anyway, but we, you know, I, I've i run brackets. You've run brackets. Mm-hmm. We've seen some names. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of times this is sort of an inside joke that you, you know, you go two and two. Um, it, 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 it's, you know, there's always a little laugh on it on Twitter. Is, you know, at there is that point where okay, do we do we have to put the adult, you know, clothes on, the adult clothes on? Let me take the pause out of that. <laughs> um, it's just it's my my con my concern is like if this person wants, and I'm just gonna call them DM, okay? If if DM won the tournament, right? What would they expect after they win? Besides prize money. Would they expect... Do they have a branding deal going on? I'm assuming not with that name. But the problem is then people like that are like, oh, I should have taken this opportunity seriously. I should have done this. I should have done that. And it's kind of like you're not really showing that you're taking it in any way, shape, or form seriously. You know? Well... Like, I I understand ridiculous names, Steve. Okay? I, I get it. I had a name that I had to change when I wanted to start branding too. I just, I'm surprised that it got this far, question mark. Well, all I was going to say is if they win with that name, they're probably going to have some different branding opportunities uh, than some others, but that's neither here nor there. Um, By different, you mean none, of course, I'm sure. That's none that we can talk about here, at least. (laughs) We do have one more regional. Uh, of course, of course. My apologies. No problem. Uh, and that is going to be the East Asia, uh, East Asia regional final. This is China, Taiwan, and Hong Kong. Uh, Xiao Hai is representing China as well as VX Bao, but 
they're all going to be chasing uh, Ding Chun Q, who 3 0 everyone in that uh, Chinese closed qualifier bracket. Uh, you also have Oil King, who won the Taiwanese uh, closed qualifier. Hot Dog 29, the Hong Kong closed qualifier winner. Gamer B's in there. RB's in there. They're heavy hitters pretty much everywhere you look in this thing. Hi. <laughs> oh, my bad. You all probably saw me over here cleaning my teeth. That was not, that was, that was not because I didn't know I was on camera. It's because I thought, what would I do if I wasn't on camera? And I decided to do it on camera. So, so that was you under your old name. Yes, that, exactly. that wasn't, exactly. that wasn't Sharpie. That was uh, Sharpie's old name that she will not state. So it can't be looked up. We leave that in the past on fanfiction.net where it belongs. Anyway. <laughs> Don't call me out like this, Steve. Okay. I'm... Just because you added me on Wattpad doesn't mean you can out me on our podcast. Okay. You know what? If we go out, we go out in a blaze of glory. That's how this goes. <laughs> so we kind of mentioned uh, a delay mm-hmm. when you when we talked about between when you press buttons in Guilty Gear and when the magic happens. And that happens in every game. Uh, but on Twitter these last few days, uh, some people have gone into some thorough testing of the input lag in Guilty Gear Strive. Uh, people have sort of felt that there is a significant difference between performance on PC versus PS4. Uh, and that has borne out in the results uh, that I can pull this up right now. There we go. Yep. Uh, so this is from testing by Nigel Woodall, who is on Twitter at Noodles, N-O-O-D-A-L-L-S, if you want to give him a follow. He goes into his methodology uh, for determining these these uh, input lag amounts. Uh, and the results were a bit surprising in some ways, not surprising in others. Uh, his testing, according to his testing, p- uh, the PC version of Strive comes out with less than one frame of lag, of input lag. Yeah, that uh, tracks. PS4 has, uh, across both the standard and the pro version, about 4.7.4.8 frames. Uh, the PS4 version played on PS5 is a little closer to 5, 4.95. Mm-hmm. The big shock, however, PS5, uh, according to his he- testing, over 5.6 frames of lag. See, that actually does not surprise me. Have you have you played on, been playing on PS5? No, I haven't, but I've seen the spec sheet of what they have inside of PlayStation 5, and I'm not really surprised that the game isn't necessarily optimized to be running on on the new Unreal Engine 5. Like that does not in any way shape or form surprises me. If they don't have it optimized to be running a certain way on a certain engine specifically so that uh, it can use less resources, on that console, it'll end up actually working harder, which will result in more resources being used and a lot of additional work being done. 
it happens very frequently when you play old generation games on newer generations. It's not on Unreal Engine 5, it's on 4. If Guilty Gear is on Unreal Engine 4 still, then that would make even more sense to me, because PlayStation 5 was made with Unreal Engine 5 in, in mind. So, like... Anyway, PC being the lowest lag, that's always been the case, though. That's literally been the case with every single game. If you get a high-end PC and you run that game specifically on PC, you'll have a much better time. That's just how it is. And uh, it that that doesn't necessarily surprise me. The four frames of lag kind of surprises me. I've always I, I play Skullgirls, and it's like the difference is 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 it doesn't feel like four frames. It feels like two. So maybe that's just game specific. Um, I know people are being like universally it's four frames, and I'm just like, is that just drive? Because I don't feel like it feels that bad in other games. It feels you can definitely feel it when you come from like other games onto PlayStation. You can feel the lag, but I've I've never felt I feel like as for as bad as four frames, though. Um, anyway, uh, my whole point here is it makes sense to me that this game, which was not in any way, shape, or form optimized for the console that is not currently out, <laughs> um, is not optimized to have a higher frame, a lower frame rate, or a lower frame delay. Like I'm pretty sure if when they when. I don't actually know if they would update it to, to optimize it on PlayStation 5. They may. They may, actually, now that I think about it. They may, but I wouldn't hold my breath for it. We'll see other games. I'm sure when we see more games coming out for PlayStation 5, we'll see a lot of a lower frame rate in general. Yeah, we're, we're, we're still in early days of the PS5, but, you know, it. it I, I think people are surprised because, you know, one of the one of the biggest selling points for the PS5 as outside of the games that are PS5 exclusive is how quick everything loads. And obviously that's not necessarily the same thing as input lag or yeah, what loading doesn't yeah. loading. Loading really just means that like the actual drive that it's going to for the game and the iteration between the processor is very, very quick. That's all that means. Yeah. That, that's literally all that means. And and you can determine that based on the memory size, the, the bus the bus speed, and, like, just the general CPU processor that they have inside of it in addition to, like, the hard drive type, which is very easy on PC. You can, like, on an M.2, uh, if you have, like, an M.2 or something like that, it reads like that. You know, there's the, you, you don't blink when it opens type of thing. But, um, like, it does not in any way, shape, or form surprise me that what the PlayStation with like the super ridiculous hardware specs with a game that was specifically made for PlayStation four and is not in any way, shape or form really like designed to be a next generation game. It does not surprise me that that isn't really, you know, up to date yet. Maybe, maybe if they gave it like another two years or so, then we would see more on it. But hmm. well, remember if you remember, um, when Street Fighter V came out, you know, mm-hmm. if you saw the title of this episode, it's a little bit of reference to it. Uh, the eight frames of thuggery, because uh, Street Fighter V, when it first came out, was about 7.1, 7.2. Um, and with how lag works, depending on where in, in the width of a frame you push the button, it could be eight frames. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, that... Tekken was around that same mark. I forget the exact number, but uh, both of those games have since received patches and have improved. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, obviously it's something that some of it is in how uh, Guilty Gear works. Some of it is how the PS4 or the PS5 works. And it's going to be out of Arxis's hands. Lou posted a really, really good statement from um, an, a, another person, I believe, inside the community named Zenic who stated on Twitter, the input lag discussion is very frustrating for devs who are not building their own engine. There's lots of things you're just plain stuck with because how modern games engines work. And that's basically what I'm saying, is that really, genuinely, if you don't design with the the new system in mind, it makes it very, very hard to backtrack and make something next generation optimized, which feels like what happened with Strive. You're seeing... I, I feel like people are also just regarding the fact that four frames of input delay from uh, from PC is still lower than Street Fighter and Tekken were at release. Like, it's still very, very good comparatively, especially when people are possibly playing on next generation. I'm just, I'm, I'm more so surprised that we're seeing the conversation go to, well, time to make PC tournament standard again. Which, unfortunately, I had the ill luck of making that tweet this morning of saying, hey, I wonder when we're going to get into that conversation of PC tournament standard again. And then, of course, by merit of tweeting that on a Tuesday, I invited the gods to descend upon my notifications. That that was your first mistake. You've been in the FGC for so long. Unfortunately. You know what Tuesday means. You know what Tuesday means. That's it. You're just tempting fate there. Uh. But but let's, you know, I, I, I know you you probably don't want to have the conversation, but I feel like it's something we should talk about because it is a popular topic right now. Um, as you mentioned, you know, the input lag for, for Strive might be better than it is for other games on PS4. But if you're someone who plays on PS4 and PC mm-hmm. and you see that you have an option to play on a, a platform that offers less than one frame of lag, mm-hmm. that's going to look really appealing. A- yeah, sure. No, I completely empower every single player, organizer, and even spectator who would enjoy playing a completely and 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 closest to non-simulated lag connection possible to build a PC that costs approximately two point four thousand dollars, and then proceed to build a venue where other people can come and compete with several different machines that cost about the same amount, if not more, depending on how many GPUs you need, and then talk about whether or not we're ready for PC standard machines. I heavily heavily encourage people to make that possible but until then what i say is stfu and stick to console so uh, very strongly you feel (laughs) um um do you like how i curse there without cursing i I appreciate that and Mm -hmm. my beeping finger appreciates that because i gotta go through when i i'm not elon here okay Elon will just go like buck nutty. Like I've got the swear jar here mm-hmm. and like this is 95% Elon's contribution. 
To be like, very honest with you, Steve, on this topic, it's one of those things, in all seriousness, that I understand where people come from when they state they want a PC tournament standard, right? Like, as professional gamers and as people trying to create a competitive environment where we can showcase the best of the best, of course we want an environment where there's very, very few outside indicators, where there's where there's, where, where lag isn't a contingency, right? We would love to have that, but right now the biggest issue is that the price point, the maintenance, the actual implementation, we don't unfortunately have the infrastructure or the sponsors needed to employ that on a, um, I want to say, a, a, a fair level across the fighting game community. I have absolutely no doubt that larger major scale tournaments would be able to implement, um, or even I want to say smaller tournaments would be able to implement a PC only tournament. The problem really comes down to larger scale tournaments, which are expected to then use that same tournament standard for one game or for two games. And now you have to remember that there's so many different games that only exist on a single console. A lot of people that are running Killer Instinct tournaments have to purchase an Xbox One <laughs> and then purchase all the DLC in addition to purchasing a PC just for Guilty Gear Strive and them fighting herds and Punch Planet, in addition to purchasing a PlayStation 4 for Street Fighter and Tekken, that's a lot of money for one tournament that may not even have or break very possibly 200, 300 people. Like that's, that's kind of crazy right now. And considering the fact that we just came out of one of the biggest recessions that we've seen since 1920, it's, it's really, really, really crazy that people are actually arguing for this when I know there's going to be a conversation in a couple of weeks talking about, wow, this venue fee is so high. Wow, I don't understand why it costs this much money just to go to this tournament when I could just stay at home. It's like, I I, I completely understand if everybody in the Guildier community now decides that they're only going to be playing on PC. What I want to know is what those communities are going to do to make sure to support events that put in that cost of making sure that it's only ran on PC. That's what I would really want to know. I kind of want to turn that question around only because organizers already do so much for so little. It feels very selfish to me for players and members of the community to request these things without understanding what is needed to make it happen at a monetary level from the remainder of the community. And there's another aspect to this whole conversation because, mm. I, I, you know, w whenever you have any sort of uh, co competitive uh, venture, you want everyone to be able to compete under the best circumstances possible. So, uh, yeah, if PC is an option for your local, absolutely do it. it you know, if, if that's what you're used to and you have a way to create that solution... Uh, go for it. Uh, the When you talk about bigger events, um, I know I've mentioned this once or twice on this show before, but when you talk about like your NCRs, your SCRs, your combo breakers, your EVOs, a lot of times those consoles, uh, those systems don't come from the TO themselves. And they don't necessarily come from community members. They come from third parties that have a bevy of uh, 
PS4s. They have a bevy of PS3s. They have a bevy of 360s. Uh, and they will rent those consoles out to the event and, and basically say, okay, you pay us this, we will cover your consoles. We will do that, you know, if, if anything goes wrong with one of them, if anything goes wrong with the monitors, we'll take care of all of that. And those consoles, those monitors, all of that goes from place to place to place. If something goes wrong with one of those consoles and they got to they gotta buy one, they can go to a store and pick one up real quick. Um, I, you know, PS5 shortages withstanding. With PC, that's a lot harder because you can't just go to a store and buy something that has the same, the exact same specs as all of the PCs you already have. Those have to be, you know, if you have slight differences, those could mean uh, different performance issues. So what if a certain driver adds a little bit of lag and all of a sudden you're at two frames of lag versus one? Yeah. Th those are the sorts of issues that um, you run into when you're talking about trying to run a large scale tournament on PC. And though, you know, there are challenges that need to be addressed if that were to ever happen. Um, I don't think we're necessarily there yet. I don't mind talking about a future where that does happen, but I just don't think we're there yet. You know, I'll be honest with you, Steve. What I'd really like to see is I, I would genuinely be very excited to see how the release of Project L uh, by Riot, which is the League of Legends fighting game, is going to change the infrastructure on how the PC standard is received and how setups will be uh, will basically be made in the future. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I've said before, that game has the ability, good or bad, better or worse, we don't know yet, but I feel like that game will be a game changer in the FGC one way or another. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. So we, we've had the conversation that the, 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 we've had the Blow Up Tuesday talk. Yeah, uh, I think the big thing that came out of all of this is that we should probably tell people to play Skullgirls, which of course has the least amount of input lag between PlayStation and PS4. I'm sorry, PC and PS4, and also has adjustable input lag inside of the lab, so you can't actually lab on the input lag that you would be on on a PlayStation 4 in case you needed to do tournament setup. Do you agree, Steve? I, I, that was a smooth segue. I, I will agree on that. Um, <laughs> I still got to just sit down and, and you know, I just want to just sit down and grind a game. I yeah. feel like like there's been so much going on in my personal life that I just haven't really been able to. I just want to sit down for a few days, you know, go all go all hunker down be like two inches away from my monitor and just just play for for like an entire weekend honestly steve i just want to sleep i i haven't i've been so busy planning our local events i haven't been sleeping man i just want to go i my my best dream would be that i just got 
like unlimited sleep for like 12 hours straight. I would be so happy. Just uninterrupted slumber for 12 hours. Well, I had a dream that I was sleeping. <laughs> you know that? I, I had a I had a dream. And in my dream, I was literally sleeping in my dream. And I was so happy. I was like, oh, man, I can't believe I'm sleeping. I was expecting the Martin Luther King de- delivery on that one. Ah, uh, no, I'm not that smooth. I'm not that smooth. Oh, man. I mean, I'm sleep deprived. So right. there's a limit to how funny I can be. But I see that we have even more news about other things being done besides my slumber and fantastic dreams. Yeah, speaking of things being put to sleep, um, oh God, I hate that segue. I feel that was so a good one though. That I, I mean, it was technically good, but morally it was bad. Um, <laughs> earlier this week, we got some word on the future of a particular game. That one being Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, this game came out a couple years ago. Uh, we've seen a couple of combat packs for that game. And uh, we have, uh, from this past week, official word on that game's future from Cap... Uh, from Not from Capcom. That would be kind of uh, weird. Weird, but, yep. But from uh, NetherRealm Studios. And they took to... Uh, Twitter and said, quote, NetherRealm is now focusing on its next project, and after more than two years of supporting Mortal Kombat 11, DLC for the game, including characters, has come to an end. End quote. Uh, This was followed up uh, by uh, some tweets from Jonathan Anderson, who is a producer at NetherRealm. Uh, confirming that this also applies to patches. So there are no plans for any future work on patches as well. So the game we have for Mortal Kombat 11 is the game we got. How, like, we, we, we see the jokes about the NRS game cycle. You know, how, how it's so short and, you know, it, it, it all builds up to the next one. Would you rather see a new NRS game or would you rather see more out of MK11 right now? You know, that's a hard question for me, Steve. As someone who comes from a community where the developers have been actively supporting the community for going on almost 10 years now, uh, it's kind of weird. To see a developer being like, yo, we're, we've been doing two years of this game. Peace. Like, whoa. <laughs> you know, um, but I understand. I completely get it. I, I really, really do. It's, it's, it, it really boils down to the fact that like what may be more profitable for the longevity of the development team is that they actually consistently come out with more projects instead of just coming out with more DLC for a game that people may not already per- that may have already purchased it would make more sense to come out with a new IP uh, regarding that i completely understand it from that aspect it as a consumer it's kind of surprising to me um, cuz it kind of makes me feel like getting into a game just for 2 years doesn't really feel like super fun for me i don't know when i play fighting games i'm in it for the long haul so to see a developer be like Okay, well, we did all the patches. Hope y'all don't find nothing broken in the next couple of months because we're done. Deuces. 
Like, that's kind of weird, you know? Um, but once again, they're not like a developer or publisher that's actively said that people can't mod their games, like some other publishers I could mention. Um, so it's not as big a deal to me. But they did definitely get the patches that were needed, which is nice. I mean, let's be honest, because day one, day one Frost was issues, day one Gears was I issues, and they've been patching it, keeping a pretty fair balance, I feel, throughout it, which is nice. Um, other games were not, unfortunately, so lucky this last quarantine. But it's, it's, it's nice to see MK11, like, actually get an official, okay, okay, peace, you know? Like, we got Meg the Stallion in the game. Like, come on, you know? I mean, that's, that's just a walk-off right there. That's, that, that's a mic drop. Um, I think people are upset about this more so because, obviously, NRS ha has that reputation of, you know, here's your Mortal Kombat game for two years, and then here's your Injustice game, and then two years later, oh, here comes that new Mortal Kombat. You gotta love yeah. this. Um, and then uh, if you... They keep buying it, though. Well, like, if it keeps selling, they'll keep doing it. That's true. But I will uh, point back to uh, a tweet from uh, Danish Syed, and I apologize if I mispronounce that name. Um, and he was asked on Twitter if the life cycle of Mortal Kombat, if Mortal Kombat was going to receive uh, longer support than has been typical of NRS games. And his response was, oh, it's going to be by a lot. And obviously that is not what is how it aged. Is. Yep. So, uh, I also I also feel like we should be very kind to a lot of these developers, especially like I, I don't want to say like you all know me, I'm not that whole yo, we have to save all these AAA publishers, these AAA game devs need our help. I've always been very, very indie one hundred percent of the time. But I do wanna say that this last year there were a lot of companies that had to make ends meet despite not being able to capitalize off of uh, IPs. A lot of what I believe that we're seeing here, and I'm not trying to give NRS excuses, but I am saying this year would be understandable if they, if they were going to do more support and we didn't unfortunately get it just because that budget had to be moved to other parts to ensure that the development squad stayed on, right? Because it would have been really easy for them to make cuts when they're not able to necessarily work or develop on a game because of quarantine requirements, because of social distancing, because of this, because of that, because things are not, unfortunately, available for everybody to be working. Um, that would make sense to me if they had made those cuts, but I'm pretty sure what we're probably seeing is them ending the project and work, starting another project so that they can actually get money for their next project instead of just cutting people from the team. I'm not saying that's the case, that's what I would assume is happening behind the scenes, not knowing the developer at all. If I were to guess, if I if I if someone was so adamant about promising that and then it didn't come through this year, I would believe that to be the reason why. If someone said, "Yeah, we're definitely going to support this longer than two years," and then one of those two years is the biggest once again economic recession that we've seen since the Great Depression, one of the biggest, like the second in American history. That's that's not a that's not a huge. Wow, they super lied to me. That's a dang. I'm sure they didn't expect it to be that bad.
But you also have to remember the optics. If someone just says straight up, we're refusing to fire half of our staff uh, in order to continue support on this game that we're not really making money off of, that doesn't look super great to investors. And then you lose publishers. And then it's just a big downhill from there. To me, I feel like NRS did a pretty good job supporting and publishing the game. And I had a fun time with it, even though I only played it, like, I would say the first five months or so. Because I played me some Frost and Jackie, and I loved it. But, hmm. It's weird. Quarantine made it very strange. I feel like Mortal Kombat had a really had a really rough history and rough patch this quarantine. Grand Blue more so, but yeah. MK Grand- still MK was kind of, mm, you know. Yeah, Grand Blue certainly got the brunt of uh the the quarantine stick. Mhm. Uh, when you're talking about game development. But, you know, it can't be overstated how much this impact, this has impacted uh, games down the line. You know, mm-hmm. your Project L's, your KOF 15s, uh, games that just got released as that was happening, like your your Grand Blues. Or the oh, games. Strive would not have had this huge of a recession if not for the beta that specifically had good net code like honestly this entire reception of everybody here with strive uh half of these people would not be playing this game if not for the net code and i think that was made very very apparent last year and i think arxis made a very big effort to change that when they could pivoting very very quickly so it's it's you know it, it's it's a shame to see uh that we won't get much we won't get any more new content out of uh, MK11, but we do have a new project to look forward to. What's that going to be? Is that Injustice 3? Is I've heard rumors of DC versus Marvel. Ooh. I've, uh, you know, there's a lot. I saw some tweets asking for a team fighter game, and I'll be honest with you. If, NRS comes out with a well-made team fighter game. I may be playing NRS games from now on, sweetheart. Like it may have to happen. It's a there. There's a lot of intrigue in as a uh, in terms of where they're going to go next. So we'll just have to keep our eyes peeled. Maybe we'll see something. You know, maybe we we're we'll hear something over the course of those Evo weekends next month. Uh, but who knows? Uh, let's keep our eyes on the skies for that. Speaking of games coming out in the future, we got a little bit of news today from uh, from SNK. KOF 15, uh, still, still no firm release date, uh, but it is coming quarter one of next year. Uh, they did announce systems. So here we go. Uh, they announced KOF 15 for PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, Windows 10, Steam, and the Epic Game Store. So no Epic Game Store uh, exclusive. It's going to be on 
most major PC, PC platforms. It's going to be on PS4. It's going to be on Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S. It is not, as of now, going to be on Xbox One. That makes sense. That tracks. That tracks? Even though it's going to be on PS4? Yes. Because when they started development with a tournament standard for Evo, it was PlayStation 4. Tournament standard for all games, with the exception of, like, KI and some games that have exclusively come out for PC, have always been PlayStation 4. So what? it's like, yeah, it makes sense that they were designing it in mind of PlayStation 4. That makes complete and total sense to me. It, it makes total and complete sense that they started designing it with next generation in mind, as opposed to going to Xbox One, which only, like, Killer Instinct was ever used, you know? So... That tracks. I, I, I understand and agree. Um, but I also want to say that it's very surprising to me that we're seeing this fighting game in the Epic Store. That's, that's new. I can't imagine. Do you, Steve, I, I can't happen to recall. Maybe you can. But have you heard of other fighting games inside of the Epic Store? Uh, uh, I do remember that uh, Samurai Showdown for the first year or so was uh, Epic Games Store exclusive. Oh, wow. Uh, before they could go to Steam. You see, that's a really... That's a really... That's really interesting to me. Because if Epic Store becomes known as being the platform for where you can play fighting games on PC, that's a that's a big niche that they would be able to corner. You know? I, uh, Epic, Epic Stores has been getting pretty, pretty crazy lately. Yeah, but... I don't think, like, they would have to do that exclusives in terms mm -hmm. of exclusives, though, because, you know, it, we, we had the graphic for the Steam sale last week. Yeah. It, you know, if I can play Street Fighter and Tekken and Guilty Gear and Melty and pretty much all every major fighting game through Steam, mm -hmm. why do I need to install another storefront right now? No, I completely understand. It's just a it's another way of converting newer players into fighting game players. For example, Epic has a, what's it called? Apex, right? Yeah. In addition to uh, I know not Fortnite, but they also have Sims. So they have a big casual chunk of the audience. Like Steam has a much bigger chunk. Don't get me wrong, I'm not in any way shape or form arguing against Steam being the biggest PC distributor of video games. But Epic has really poised themselves to be ready in case Steam ever drops the ball in any way, shape, or form. And that's very surprising to me, considering that you see a lot of other publishers trying to postulate to do the same and not necessarily having as much success. Like, uh, let's take a look at the Riot client as an example. Riot is coming out with all these games that requires you to have the client active, right? Right now, the only people who have the Riot client active on their, on their computers are Runeterra players... Or League of Legends players. People that have the Epic Game Store installed in their computers are fighting game players, FPS players, PvE players. You know, it's a, it's a much larger swath. It's a larger swath. Mm -hmm. But keep in mind, League of Legends, that's not a game that has, you know, 200, 300 players online. That is a massive, massive game. 
So even though it's not necessarily broad in terms of genre, it is broad in terms of sheer audience numbers. That's true. So, That's very true. So I don't think it's necessarily that dire. But uh, something to look forward to early 2022 uh, on pretty much every platform except Xbox One. Sorry, those of you Xbox One holdouts. All five of you. If if you or Stadia players. Don't 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 lump the Stadia players in there like there's more than one. Steve, that's rude. The <laughs> Xbox One players deserve better than that, okay? We're, I I feel like we've gotten to a point where you know, it, 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 it's it's fun to crack jokes about Stadia, but we're kind of on that downward slope towards, you know, it, it's past it's getting to be passé to talk about Stadia, so so then yeah. it becomes like the hipster cool thing. I'm just, know. I'm genuinely surprised that Google thought that they would be able to make an exclusively wireless competitive gaming platform. That still blows my mind. Like, Google, really? Really? And it's we, just, they, ha- they have too much money to throw at things. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't even mention Switch. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like including Nintendo... And a lot of these conversations about cornering the market is very conductive to the conversation because Nintendo doesn't really care about the market as much as other platforms do because Nintendo exclusively looks at the market between certain age groups and they will always have those age groups regardless of what they release. They, they just do. They just do Nintendo things. You've seen the new yeah. uh, the new Switch. Unfortunately, it's got an Ethernet port, baby. That's cool. I have an Ethernet adapter. Why am I spending another $180? Because it's got an Ethernet port, baby. Yeah. That's that's all I got for that. <laughs> Good segue into Thank our very you. next tourney. Quick. Uh, so uh, we also heard a little bit uh, from Bandai Namco about uh, future plans for a DPFC tournament series. Details are a little light right now, um, uh, but they did announce that they plan to start around September uh, for a tournament series that they say is going to be, quote, primarily online, end quote. Uh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that video. It. Uh, we don't have dates as of yet. We don't have a schedule as of yet, but they do want to include offline tournaments. They want to include the community. So it's not going to be exactly like the national championships were, uh, where it was an invitation. Uh, we're probably looking at something more like a, uh, what they're doing with the tech and online challenge this year. But again, details yet to be confirmed. Uh, probably the biggest takeaway from that, uh, for for a lot of people at least, is that uh, they did mention that it was, as it was mentioned earlier, it's very difficult for them to improve netcode within the game. So mm-hmm. we're, th- there is a patch coming in uh, next month for the game, uh, which will uh, rebalance some of the characters. Uh, add a couple new things in, but uh, do, it doesn't sound like you should expect any netcode improvements in that patch. 
Yeah, uh, I don't have a comment on that. That's, I, I, I think several other people have had enough comments for everybody involved. Yeah, yeah, that's how I kind of feel about it. I don't, I don't, like, I don't hate Nintendo or anything like that. I don't hate people that play on Switch, but I just acknowledge the oh, I thought caveats you t- that you have for uh, playing on that console. I thought you were talking. I thought you were talking about DBFC netcode. I definitely don't have any comments on that. <laughs> we're not going to burn any bridges tonight. I'm definitely don't have any contents on. I don't definitely have not a single comment on that. But thank you so much for asking, Steve. I love staying gamefully employed. Um, we got one more topic to cover. Um, just check Sajam for that. I'm sure. I'm sure. Sajam talks about. Anything and everything he likes, and I'm gonna leave Sajam up to what Sajam does best. Let Sajam do his thing and eat his uh, perpetual hot dogs. Is, is is yeah? Oh hi! Didn't see you there. I still feel like that is the best best official bit I've done for this show. Was we had this intro like I, it was a cold open. Where I, you know, I had the the Portillo's background going. I had my sandwich. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. Oh, man. I'll, see, I'll, Steve, why do you never let me do bits like that on the show, huh? We If we if we can plan that out, you have the freedom to do bits. We will, we will plan out cold opens. We can bring them back just for you. Uh, but we've got one more topic we got to cover before we head out um have you ever had a really frustrating loss in tournament like you lost to somebody you know you shouldn't lose to yes steve i am a fighting game player (laughs) like like have you ever lost to someone who just the way they move the way they control the character just doesn't feel human yes steve i am a fighting game player (laughs) i'm pushing all the buttons right now (laughs) um we've had a couple people have that feeling this past week um with the release of kazuya in super smash brothers ultimate um Obviously, a lot of people have been interested in playing with the character uh, themselves, seeing what he can do online, seeing what he can do in-game. But there's also uh, people who like to take the characters and just watch them play uh, through CPU versus CPU battles. And uh, people figured out pretty quick that Kazuya's CPU on its highest difficulty is a little different than some of the uh, some of the other characters' top difficulty CPUs. So, so people thought, you know what? Let's see what would happen if we put him in an actual tournament. And a couple events have done just that. Uh, this is from. Uh, this is from the uh, Brothers Calamity. Uh, I believe they're based in Utah. Uh, they ran a, they ran uh, a weekly on stream, uh, 
And they entered Kazuya level 9 CPU as a tournament entry. And there is the winner. The CPU actually got a win on stream. So, Steve, I'm going to take this moment to just say something that I haven't publicly stated in a couple of years, but I feel like this is the correct time, correct place, and correct moment to bring it back up. Um, AI ain't I would beat that AI hands down. One-handed, blindfolded, free. All right? There ain't no computer that can beat me. I'm just saying. Are are you are you sure about that? I'm a hundred percent positive. Because that was actually not the only tournament where Kazia won. I'm significantly less positive now. <laughs> uh, there was another tournament uh, that took place where a where Kazia was entered online or entered in the bracket. One of uh, one one game in the opening. Uh, match, lost the set, but still won a game, got sent to losers, and ended up eliminating a player off, uh, in losers off stream. The TO felt so bad for, for that player that they offered either a refund for their entry or the chance to count that loss as a win and advance in place of Kazuya level 9. If if you had that option, who would you, which one would you go? Would you take the money or would you want to just play on? I would forfeit. If I lost to a computer, I would not take back my blood money. That computer stole that from me. I've been beaten by the machines. All right? Do you think I want to live in the matrix? No. No. But that's just that's just how it works. If I if I cannot defeat the machines, then I don't deserve my place in bracket nor my money back. All right. Who was it? There was actually a player. Was it uh, uh, Wadi? Actually, got uh, took a loss. Who who else won? Lost. It was Wadi lost to a level nine Kazua. Wadi lost. Wadi lost. He he got clipped. Um, I think it was not. Was it Nairo? Um, no, no, not Nairo. It, it, I, I'm blanking on the name. I and I lost my. Uh, no, it was Nairo. Blue is saying it what? was Nairo. Nairo oh got clipped by level nine Kazuya. So how confident are you now? Very confident still. Those are smashers. I'm a Skullgirls player. Your confidence, Very confident. Mm-hmm. Your confidence is absolutely breathtaking. I, I will say that. Probably misplaced. Oh, no, 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 no. Free. Free. Free, I win that matchup. Free. All right. Um, if I had a switch, I would say run the set right now. I have a switch. All right. A lot, here, here's what's going to happen, then. I am setting this up. And you can't back out of this now. Next week, Elan 
we're going to we're going to test the limits of his new setup because he's got the Google Fiber, he's he's updating his PC. He'll be back next week and the stream is going to be bigger and stronger and more and beefier. So we're going to we're going to work throughout the week and I'm sorry for volunteering you this for this Alon, but it's for the good of the show. Sharpie, you're facing level 9 CPU Kazia next week. You know, I don't frequently talk out my butt when it comes to insults here, but I just want to say there's never been a single computer that I've ever, ever ran into that I respect, and I don't expect to have to respect this one either. Well, we will find out. You know, what's the phrase? Uh, Fudge around and find out. I believe that is the phrase, the official phrase. Right now is uh, the we're in the midst of the fudging around, and uh, next week I'm I'm wondering if we're gonna find out. But it's happening, Alan. Again, I'm sorry, but it's happening. He's not that sorry. Sharpie, I'm not. I'm really not. Sharpie versus Kazia next week on the show. Uh, that is all the news we have this uh, this week. Do you have anything you want to close out? Uh, I just want to say once again that, Kazuo, you're going down. Uh, CPUs ain't never hold a candle against me. You're going to have to go back home running to your mommy uh, for more CPU. All right. So, so the trash talk continues. It will continue for the next seven days. Next week, um, it... That's going to be the big thing. Forget about the SNK trailer that's coming out tomorrow. Forget about Annie hitting uh, PS4 tomorrow on Thursday. Forget. Oh, Annie comes out on PlayStation on Thursday. That's fantastic. You know, actually, when I ran the Skullgirls tournament for Xanadu, and we had the Kill Sage and Sonic play, we actually ran on PC, which is another reason why I think it's really funny that everyone's having this PC Discord because it took me about six hours to set up like five of our PC setups for four skull girls. It was very excessive. There was a lot of updates and a lot of installs I had to do. I can't imagine having to do it for like 70 if I were running a huge event for strive. But anyway, um, that's really cool. Oh, and there's going to be story mode. Ooh. So huh. I, yeah, remember PC has been the lead platform uh, for skull girls. If you don't know, and if you do I know, didn't know that, Steve. Well, you, you know. also know that you can go to playskullgirls.sharpypls.com to pick up the game right now with the Season 1 Pass on Steam or inside of the PlayStation Score. Or you can also grab Skullgirls Mobile, available on both iOS and the Google Play Store right now. I believe you know that, that? I believe uh, Skullgirls, Mobile, Skullgirls Mobile is getting an update this week as well. So... Uh, Skullgirls just getting updates all over the place, but none of that matters because the big story- because there's going to be a Skullgirls stream on my stream twitch.tv slash the purple sharpie immediately after the stream if y'all want to stay tuned. All right, so uh, yeah, hit up Sharpie stream. Uh, we're gonna host it. I I think we have it set up properly. Uh, Alan should be back next week. Like I said, bigger, beefier setup. Uh, so. Hopefully uh, that will reflect on the stream quality. And, of course, Sharpie versus level 9 CPU Kazuya. Gotta happen. Uh, but that's gonna do it for us. Uh, 
Thank you for joining us. That was and still is the Purple Sharpie. This was and it still is Ace King Offsuit. Uh, saying for everyone here at Best of Five, good night, Canada. Every real podcaster has a sign-off phrase. <laughs>